It's Tuesday at 8pm and you're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Now, a few weeks ago, I had the pleasure of attending an event organised by the National Dairy Council that took place at Airfield with multi-award winning chef Anna Haw and Cathy Curran from the National Dairy Council and I had a chat about how amazing it was. Let's have a listen. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Cathy, lovely to have you on the show and I have to say a huge thank you to you for inviting me to a really fabulous event that took place last week in Airfield. It was the Sustainable Kitchen with Chef Anna Haw. And I mean, where to begin talking about the food, the cookery demonstration, the panel discussion. There was so much happened in those few hours. But tell me about the event and what were the reasons behind you holding it? Yeah, sure, Sharon, and thanks, Samil, for for having me on. So we held this yeah really great event last week in Airfield Estate, which, in case um people aren't aware, is an amazing estate of thirty eight acres of uh, farmland, effectively in city centre Dublin. In fact, Dundrum Centre is just down the road. Um, so it is an extraordinary sort of rural space within an urban setting, and they consider themselves the sustainable food hub of Dublin because everything that is grown on site is completely sustainable and locally produced and organic so they they produce um, a lot of the food and fruit and veg that is grown on the farm and it's served in their restaurant overings on on site Um, so it's a really fantastic venue and we held the event there because it was focusing on sustainable diets um, and sustainable food. And where are we going in the future with food? What are we going to be eating? What are the challenges that we face in terms of world population, the climate, et cetera, et cetera. So we wanted to hold it there for that reason. And it was part of our campaign um, on sustainable milk, which is an EU funder campaign called Milk, It's Good to Know It's Good. So the campaign really focuses on promoting dairy as part of a sustainable diet and really promoting, I suppose, a social license to produce and continue to produce sustainable dairy um, production in Ireland. So that was really the the, the kind of um, base for the campaign and for the the event. And we held um, the event in in Airfield and we brought over Anna Hall, who is a really well-known um, Irish chef originally from Tala who has done great um, work in London making real strides over there with her restaurant Myrtle which is in Chelsea and Anna um, has appeared actually in a lot of TV shows on BBC that people might be familiar with Saturday Kitchen which she's been a guest on and hosted and MasterChef The Professional so people will probably know her face and know the name we also invited Eric Matthews who is the owner of a new restaurant called Kiki's um, on George Street in Dublin. And Eric was previous head chef of Chapter One in Dublin. So again, you know, really well established and highly respected young chef in his own right. And then because we focused the whole event around sustainable diets and sustainable production, we brought Connor Spacey on, vo- on board. And Connor is a really interesting chef who runs Food Space in Dublin and has written a book called Waste It, which was published last year by Blaster Books and it focuses all around, which is, of course, so prominent nowadays with the cost of living crisis and the environmental issues all around food waste 
and giving advice around food waste and how we all are wasting, as we all know, way too much food day to day and on a weekly basis in households um, across Ireland. So we held the event there. We had a panel discussion to start with, emceed by Eric Matthews, um, with Kirsty McAdoo, who is head of education at Airfield, um, Dr. Kirsty McAdoo, should I add. So she had an awful lot to say about Airfield, about sustainability and their sustainable food hub and the plans they have for that, along with Connor Spacey, who I've mentioned earlier around food waste and sustainability, and then Anna herself. And I think what Anna and Eric brought to the table was very interesting in terms of the fact that they're running busy restaurants in Dublin and London and what are the kind of the key issues that they have to be mindful of day to day in running a modern kitchen um, and how they do that in terms of, you know, the electricity they use, the food waste paradigms, um, you know, the sustainability in terms of water usage, everything, everything and how it affects the running of a kitchen. So that was really interesting. Um, and we had the panel discussion. There were lots of questions from the attendees who were a number of food media and influencers, um, um, uh, uh, including yourself, Sharon, um, in, in, in Dublin and Ireland. Um, and then following the panel discussion, we had an amazing demo. So we kind of recreated the Saturday kitchen idea whereby um, a chef is cooking whilst also being interviewed, which is, which is quite a challenge. But Eric chatted to Anna as she cooked the three-course meal that we all then sat down to enjoy. And Anna's um, restaurant in London is really interesting because it focuses on not only Irish food, but Irish heritage and, I suppose, food history, because a lot of the food included in her menu focuses on Ireland's history, which was incredibly interesting and I hadn't actually realised before. Um, so one of the dishes she um, created for us was using polenta, or what used to be known as yellow cornmeal in the day. And in fact, as people may not be aware, but um, uh, following the Irish potato famine in Ireland post-1847, where millions of Irish people died very tragically from starvation, the um, Native American tribes, the Navajo Native tribes of America, actually donated yellow cornmeal to Ireland's populations that were starving at the time. So an incredibly interesting thing. And so serving the yellow meal, which is now what we would call polenta um, for one of the courses was just a really interesting uh, hark back to Irish history and, and food culture, um, which is something that was, was really, really interesting. And actually in turn to thank the Irish Native Americans for donating um, the yellow meal during the famine, we in turn gave money to the Irish Native Americans during the pandemic in Ireland in 2020. So really interesting correlation there that Anna um, focuses on with her food. With the polenta, as we call it today, but it was Irish corn, yellow cornmeal in the day, was served with the slow-cooked Irish lambs, of course, very in keeping with, with um, a, a staple of Irish cooking. And just to say that all the food and veg and herbs, etc., that were used to cook the meal last Friday were grown on the estate in Airfield. So just really, really in keeping with the sustainability message that you should cook in season. We should cook locally produced food to avoid air miles um, and very much cooking the way people would have done, you know, hundreds of years ago. So I think that was a key aspect. The dessert was also a really interesting um, uh, um, piece as well, Sharon, as you will remember because it used pochine. <laughs> so it was called the Irish Black Garden Gatto is what Anna calls it. And essentially it was a, a chocolate cake that was 
macerate it with putching, homemade putching that Anna makes in the restaurant, which is infused with botanicals and, and herbs. So it was quite a boozy dessert, but but really interesting again to sort of that heritage of going back to a really ancient Irish spirit that was for a time, as we know, illegal in Ireland because of its potency. But how Anna has used that um, very cleverly in, in, in the cuisine that she's cooking at Myrtle. So I think that was really, really interesting. And Eric and Anna had a, a really, you know, upbeat and exciting panel um uh, sorry a demo with, with 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 the food and talking about what she was cooking and what she does at Myrtle and really bringing alive Irish his, history culture and heritage to an audience in London um and and how that um is 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 working so well for her and is hugely successful so I think it's it's a really interesting um discussion the other thing just to focus on apart from the gorgeous food that we had is is I suppose the whole message around sustainable diets and, and what are sustainable diets and we've done a lot of work with this in the National Dairy Council because it's such a word that's thrown around across everything that we talk about in today's world from banking to you know to commerce to to business it's everything is sustainable and we have this sort of you know um requirement whatever you're doing in life to be sustainable and what does that mean and in diet terms what does it mean and so we've sort of done quite a bit of work on this and when we talk about sustainable and according to the food um, agricultural organization globally they would see a sustainable diet as being nutritionally adequate safe and healthy so that it's actually going to um, you know be nutritionally viable be culturally acceptable and accessible economically fair and affordable and environmentally protective so that it's respectful of biodiversity and ecosystems so they are four very simple points that make up and try to explain what is a sustainable diet. So, you know, um, if we look at Irish dairy, um, we, we are fairly confident that Irish dairy scores quite well, actually, across these four pillars. If you look at nutrition side, and we know that it's nutritionally dense dairy, having eight nutrients in a glass, and we know um, that's incredibly um, full food for us to consume. It's culturally acceptable and accessible. So whereby, you know, we've 17,500 dairy farmers in Ireland producing an incredible food that's exported um, to 130 countries across the globe. So it is um, really amazing food that is culturally acceptable and Irish people are still consuming huge um, volumes of dairy per capita. We are a really, really big consumer of dairy in this country, um, be it that the vegan and plant-based movement is growing. It still is only about 3% of our population that is fully vegan. I think you could absolutely agree that it's economically fair and affordable. So for the dense nutritionally um full food that you're getting it is very reasonable in price um in terms of, of having dairy in your diet and having the three servings a day which is a recommended allowance and then environmentally protective um and look this is something that um is an issue now we're you know we're, we're acutely aware that dairy production is under a lot of scrutiny in terms of the emissions argument etc but we know that Irish farmers are really um, doing incredible stuff, positive stuff, great improvements um, on their farms day to day to farm more sustainably. And this is an ongoing um, uh, action that is being done on a journey to lower emissions by 2030. So it's by no means a perfect science, but there's amazing stuff being done, which our farm ambassadors and farmers all over the country um, are doing day to day and are really happy to talk about we mustn't forget the delicious milk that we enjoyed 
on the day. It was milk from the dairy cows. The Jer- there were Jersey cows at Airfield. Yes. And that milk now was absolutely, it was so creamy and delicious. Absolutely. Now, the Jersey milk was amazing. And obviously, as you know, in Ireland, we don't we don't breed Jersey cows here, Sharon. We have um, a very different form of cattle here, but it's but it's um, it is a delicious quality milk. It is absolutely indeed a treat to have, as is regular Irish dairy milk that's produced. But certainly the Jersey milk is a very, very creamy, a creamy product. Um, so, um, so, yeah, that was just I think just to focus a little bit on sustainable diets and explain what they are. Um, and I think you know, going forward, I think future food and the future food is incredibly interesting because, you know, I think food is going to undergo significant change due to, you know, world population increasing due to the climate change challenges. Um, uh, you know, where are we going to go in the future? Are we going to be eating protein like insects? Um, you know, it's it's sort of a real question that we all have to to consider going forward. So it's a really interesting discussion to have, I think, and one that you could keep going discussing. I think that the chefs on the day could have continued chatting about this for hours, um, because it is such an interesting subject. I think, um, in terms of the future, and I think we all can do our bit. And I've been delighted to have. Connor Spacey on the program here on a few occasions because his approach to zero waste is so interesting. Yes. And, and I think a lot of households, if they really did add up how much food they threw out in a year, they probably would be horrified. Yeah. And I think Connor's approach to using absolutely everything from the, the peelings of the the vegetables to the coffee grinds is, is really really fascinating, and his book, Wasted, has recipes in it mm. for those those two very items. So it is well worth buying the book. Yes, yes, it really really is. Yeah, no, it's fascinating because we just you just carelessly throw away so many things. And what's interesting is I was in, um. I was in very lucky to be in Eric Matthews restaurant Kiki's recently. And in fact, he had a dish on his menu, which I found fascinating because um, it used whey in the sauce. So whey, as we all know, was uh, a, a, would have been considered a waste product from dairy where the curds of whey are separated. And in fact, has been used sometimes in protein for sports and athletes. But he actually uses every part of the milk in the restaurant so that he kind of drains it separates the diet, uses the buttermilk for breads and marinating chicken. And then the whey is actually used in essentially a pasta sauce with pumpkin. Um, so that was just incredible, you know, to see the creativity of using up every element in the kitchen and, and the result being this delicious sauce, you know, that that's not only delicious, but highly nutritious because it's using whey. So, um, so yeah, it's, it, it's really a testament to creativity and imagination in kitchens to see what people can do and absolutely hats off to eric matthews opening a restaurant in the current climate and yes. employing he said he employs 26 people yeah it's phenomenal it's a really brave thing to do sharon because you know i think kitchens and professional restaurants are incredibly challenging to run because the cost as we all know of everything has gone up right but the cost of food and getting you know really good quality supplies um, has risen significantly. So that margin has become very tight to try and make a business viable and to try and make profit from it. Uh, 
So yeah, I think it's it's a really brave move and, and good for him. But I'm I'm delighted to say I think he's full up most nights of the week and it's it's doing really, really well. So um long may continue for him, you know. Uh so yeah, it's continue to discuss. It's great to see that the restaurant reviewers have been in and they have given it like really um really good scores. So it's definitely one on my list to visit, all being well. And to come back to Anna then. She has her own wine as well. So she has a Chardonnay, yes. a red wine. I can't remember what type the red wine is, even though I did have I did bring a bottle of it home. And her rose as well. She told a really interesting story about how her wine came about. So she she did get an approach from a winemaker in France to yes. make her own signature wine, which I think is testament to her profile and how well her business is doing in London. And she said that she thought she'd go over and they would suggest a few things. But in actual fact, she went into her room. They had all the vials of different types of blends. And then, you know, she had to blend them all. And she tasted something and thank God, you know, I think I think that's nice. What do you think? And they were very much, no, Anna, what do you think? It is a very hands-on process making that wine and I know having interviewed the winemakers of Graham Norton's wine and Sarah Jessica Parker's wine that it was the same process that they went through as well as as two celebrities I think when we see Kylie Minogue's name on a product we do ask ourselves well was she really involved in that yeah but the fact for a lot of them yes they are and Anna I think really enjoyed that experience um, and I did I did ask her I said Chardonnay Chardonnay really Chardonnay <laughs> I think we do have a bit of a thing against Chardonnay here but again Anna is so bold and brave and I think she she really does resist fitting in with the norm yeah and, yeah and she, and, and she is the sort of person in she has confessed herself that she is the sort of person if somebody tells her you can't do that she will find a way to do it yes she's very determined for sure but yeah her, her response to me about the chardonnay was that she felt there was a number of years there that the chardonnay grape the quality was very poor but in actual fact she thinks that it has seriously improved so and you know she's she's obviously very happy with her her Chardonnay, her white Chardonnay, which which is great. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fantastic. And yeah, it's amazing to see um, wines. And as you say, Sharon, you often think, it's like under license, you see someone's name, it's very easy to put someone's name on something, but how involved are they in the process? So it's fantastic to see and hear you say about Graham and, and Kylie's and indeed Anna's that they're heavily involved with the blending. So they do actually stand by the product rather than just putting their name to it, which sometimes you see with with well-known names and products in particular. It was a great event for the National Dairy Council to kick off 2024. What mm. else are you going to be up to this year, Cathy? Gosh, we've we've got loads on as usual, Sharon. And I suppose we're, we're just very much still actually in planning mode because there's so much, so many ideas we have on the table and, you know, so many um, projects that we're looking at. But we are definitely going to be doing some sort of big awareness campaign, probably early April time around social license to produce, around sustainable dairy production, really getting out to the public and really telling them the story of what farmers are doing on the ground to lower emissions. 
um, towards the 2030 targets, because I think it's really important that people understand the detail of this, like what are farmers actually doing to make a difference in a simple consumer way so it isn't too technical, um, but really to try and, you know, it's not for us to say it, it's for the farmers to say it and for the experts and the agri-scientists and the agri-economists to come together um, and tell the public and explain to the public what's going on at farm level um, because we really see a really bright future for Irish dairy. We want to continue its bright future going forward, even amongst all the challenges around nitrous derogation and all the emissions um, challenges down the road, that there is really positive stuff being done at farm level. And we want to tell that story. So we're going to be looking at a, a fairly large event, public awareness campaign around April time that'll um, run across the country with various events and activities. Um, and then following that, we're going to be at Bloom in the park with Bourbea. Um, the bank holiday weekend in June. Um, so we're uh, working with a Hungarian garden designer called Hyundai Perry, who has been involved with Bloom for the last number of years and is a really well-established garden designer. So again, really exciting um, working on a, on a large garden, concept garden with Hyundai at Bloom, June bank holiday weekend. So I do hope as many people as possible come along again this year and check out our garden and come and chat to us because we're really looking forward to it. And before we finish, Cathy, you must tell us about your ambassadors. Yeah. So just as I'm talking about dairy production and social license to produce and, you know, really telling the story of the work that farmers are doing on the ground. It's so important that the farmers tell their story themselves, that we have, you know, the disciples. It's not for us in Dublin to be telling what, what's going on, but for them to say what they're doing. So we have... 13 farm ambassadors we have an NDC farm ambassador program and these really represent um I suppose the the top caliber of of dairy farmers across Ireland that are really working incredibly hard to farm sustainably um every day 365 days a year in terms of the way that they farm and they vary in age from as young as sort of 22 up to you know the, the mid 50s age group and beyond so we really wanted to have a full um, age range and um, they're regionally spread across the country and in fact we've just um, announced two more young farm ambassadors one in Oren Moore Christopher Tuffy who was previous FBD young farmer of the year and the second is Enda Walsh who is based in Oren Moore County Galway and they are super young really passionate really sustainable um, uh, dairy farmers and I think no better people to tell their story than the farmers themselves and we're really proud to have them represent us at NDC and we should give a shout out to Louise Crowley, who is yes. Limerick based and is, is fantastic. Is a, a fantastic ambassador for a dairy farmer and for encouraging females to get into farming also. Yes, absolutely. She's amazing, Sharon. And I think, you know, it's trying to cross that boundary from dairy farming and the heritage and history and culture of it in Ireland into the next generation, into the Gen Z and the young people farming, um, both on farm and in agriculture and industry. So we really want to get that message across. So we are looking at recruiting more and more of these young ambassadors that are on TikTok and on Instagram, and they're telling their story day to day to other young people and explaining how farming works and what they do on the ground. Because I think there is a little bit of a a misunderstanding and an urban rural divide, um, which is strongly in place. We just want to crack that down and really show what's happening um, and working with agri-influencers like Louise and like um, Sophie Bell, who's going to be working with us soon, who's a well-known agri-influencer as well. Um, so with that, and just to mention, as it's coming up, we are also going to be doing a podcast 
for International Women's Day, which is on the 8th of March. And we're doing a podcast that's going to be emceed by Catherine Thomas. And it's all around future farm. Where are we going? Where are we going with farming into the future? Who are the next generation? And what are they going to do to keep farming alive and dairy production alive? So we're going to have Sophie Bell, who is an agri-influencer, um, who has quite a high following on TikTok and farms every day herself. And then we're going to have Nicole Kyohan, who is a young um, NDC farm ambassador and influencer and is studying for a PhD. Um, and then we have two ladies who are in industry in both tier lawn and dairy gold. So they work within the industry side of agriculture and really talking about what they do um, and, and, and what sort of brought them into the industry. Because I think, as we all know, Sharon, it's it's diversity wise not great as an industry in terms of female male gender within not only boards but but sort of across um agriculture in the industry and on the farm it is predominantly a very male-led industry still so we really want to try and improve that in terms of diversity scores going forward and, and raise awareness of it brilliant well listen thanks for um coming on to tell us more about the sustainable kitchen then if anybody's licking their lips they're jealous that they weren't at it they should be jealous it was an amazing event and i'm looking forward to everything else that you get up to in 2024 kathy thank you sharon if anyone wants to get any more information on all our projects and activities and ongoing events please visit www.ndc.ie great thanks so much kathy You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM.